0: Hey, it's Sarah and Kristen. Welcome back for another episode of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. If you're a regular listener or if it's your first time here, hello. You may notice a bit of a sound quality difference on this intro as given the current climate, I'm not feeling a hundred percent. So we decided to record this over zoom just to be safe, but we are really grateful to have spent time with our guest, Dempsey Ormrod in person. So thank you for the moment for being understanding of the sound quality just through this intro.
1: Before we kick off, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and sea where this podcast has been recorded on. The land of the Gubbi Gubbi people of the Sunshine Coast. We pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging.
0: If you have listened to us before, you probably know it's coming. We've started a Patreon account. We absolutely love bringing episodes to you fortnightly and it's a really fun creative outlet for both Sarah and myself. I would like to make a personal shout out to the staff at the National Canine Academy where I was working, as when I just left, as a parting gift, they donated money so that we could buy a new microphone. To say that I am grateful for my time spent with these people is an understatement, so again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much, guys. Patreon itself allows us to continue to cover the costs for the podcast otherwise, such as monthly hosting, website, and further equipment upgrades to bring you the best quality possible. With that in mind, every little contribution makes a huge difference to us. For a gold coin donation each month, we'd be stoked to have you on as a patron. It's pretty easy to find and sign up online at patreon.com forward slash into the wee hours podcast. Huge shout out to all of our existing patrons and just all of you listeners. We love you all. Thank you most recently to our new patrons, Tom K, Mark R, Toby L, and Christine B. Humbled to receive your support.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Also, if donations are not possible for you at the moment, we of course absolutely understand and respect that. Another way that you can support this podcast and make it easier for people to find us is to please go on to whatever provider you're listening to us on right now and leave a review. These reviews help to make us more findable for listeners who are just like you and allows us to spread the voice of the everyday adventure even further. A huge thanks to everyone who's left a review or has shared us on socials. Thank you so much.
0: In today's episode, we speak with my friend and as I often refer to him as my fix me guy, Dempsey Ormrod. Dempsey has been treating me as a massage therapist for about five years and has always been so valuable for his insights. We took a bit of a different angle with this one and really wanted to highlight, as Dempsey explains so well, That no matter your age, ability, and activity levels, that everyone deserves to be treated like a professional athlete and put your body as a top priority.
1: Dempsey was so great to chat to, and not only supported our views for all of you everyday adventurers, but also talked about his own adventures that he loves doing with his four wheel drive trips and his fully kitted out Defender, along with his fiancé and their two dogs. Dempsey gives us a bit of an insight about how to plan for some of these adventures, particularly through Australia's interesting wildlife, as well as some upcoming trips for him too. Dempsey has such a great outlook on life, which has no doubt helped him through a recent leukemia diagnosis that he received at the end of last year. The main outtake from this experience, if you're feeling off, go get checked. We appreciated how candid Dempsey was, and we really are so excited to bring you this episode in the hope that all you everyday adventurers start to treat yourself like the true athletes you are. Let's get into it. Cue the music with Kristen.
2: To episode 24 of the Into the We Hours podcast. My name is Sarah Pendergrass, and I am joined today by the marvelous Kristen Vaughton. I
0: always get the awesome adjectives before my name. Hello.
2: I should really <laughs> think of them beforehand, but I don't. And then I'm like, oh, what's today? <laughs> We are also joined in the studio today by Dempsey Ormrod. Thank you for joining us. Oh, no
3: adjectives for me.
2: Nailed it though. She
0: nailed your name. Yeah, she did get it. I was so focused on the pronunciation.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm so curious to see how many hours you spent in front of the mirror just like nailing that. Ormrod, (laughs) Ormrod.
0: So I know Dempsey because he is my EP and Mayo. He's been putting me back together for years now. I I tried to think back to when the first time I saw you. Uh, It was like when you were first starting. Yeah, I was was
3: thinking that the other day. It would have been like five years.
0: Something like
2: that. yeah maybe
3: six i've been yeah. on the coast seven now so it'd be like ballpark it was that.
0: right when you were yeah. first starting out with your home practice
3: yeah. so anyways
2: yeah. can yeah. we just spell out what ep and myo are please would you like to define <laughs> <Yeah>. yourself <laughs> so, <laughs> um
3: probably start with myo first so that's probably the most commonly like confused one so if you think massage on a tiered system you got sort of three levels you got relaxation then remedial then myo myo you study for another year and a half to two years um i've got a bigger toolbox to fix musculoskeletal issues. Um, do like dry needling massage more in depth in that sense um, versus just massaging to fix symptoms. So looking at it more in depth causation versus then X phys So over the years, I sort of realized it's easy to give people relief, but keeping them there, <laughs> keeping them on the track uh, long-term is a lot harder. And that's where all the strength conditioning um, and sort of assessing problems that are underlying comes into it. So that's more the X phys so chronic disease management. inverted commas so
0: yeah good one Mm -hmm. just in our household Dempsey's just known as the bully (laughs) (laughs) which is why Phil has stayed far clear seen Phil. Phil. (laughs) and it was usually he's off on Mondays I'm like the one Monday that you're working you still cannot meet Dempsey he's like I still for a man who can probably make me cry
3: I'll pass (laughs) such such a shame it's still really working (laughs) I swear I'm nice I swear I'm nice (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right. So just to kind of warm us up, we've, I actually picked up Sarah and Dempsey, so we've had a little warm up ourselves anyways, but just to kick off into the episode, we always like to start with some quick fire questions. Sarah always leads it off. So I'll pass it over to Sarah.
2: All right. So the big question, Dempsey, pineapple on pizza, hell's yeah or hell's no? Uh,
3: Depends whether I've paid for the pizza. Or somebody's given it to me. Ooh, that's Ooh, really oh, that's really specific. Yeah. So like if I paid for it, I wouldn't go out of my way to choose it. Okay. Um, But hey, if someone's going to give me free pizza, I'm, I'll take it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. it's not an active choice. If you were to make pizza at home, pineapple would not no, make it to it.
3: No. However, if it's like a burger with a lot, like a nice piece of like pineapple on like a nice big burger, I could deal with that. Okay. Um, But yeah, on pizza, it's not. Not first preference. Feels
0: really uncommittal, but I'm going to take it as a hell's yes only because it, I don't know. It's kind of on the fence. It is I really think. on the I'm fence. Purely 50 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. it comes
3: yeah. down to money, I'm not having it my feet. Very diplomatic. <laughs> yeah, I do like
0: it. So you can be half team Sarah, half team Kristen. <laughs> uh, for the record, we still only have one person who said hell no besides oh, myself. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was a contentious issue, but apparently not. I think we're just in the wrong state. I'm going to stand oh. by that. <laughs> so, Dempsey, you do quite a lot of four wheel driving and you you actually like rebuild a lot of cars yourself as well what's the yeah. most random place that you've ever found yourself for while driving
3: um fraser island's pretty cool yeah yeah like that'd be up there but like going right to the tip of fraser and just like being there and there's nothing but water and then you're nothing just there. literally water. it's just it's just like you're on this tip it's this sand island tip and then you just look out and it's as far as you can see water that's pretty cool
0: the only thing that yeah. you can see is this sign that says no cars past this point yeah you can't you can't go further yeah i tried and you can't no no no, i wouldn't yeah (laughs) you can't
3: go further (laughs) yeah
0: fraser island's pretty cool that's awesome nice
2: all right so the third one now Kristen wrote these notes okay so i'm gonna read what it says (laughs) it says you have two dogs kiara and the reason i'm just reading this as it is because i'm like Overwhelmed with dog industry, ACD times BC times oh! dingo. <laughs> I'm like, what is this code? <laughs> and Joey, BC. I've got border collie for that. Yeah, yeah. You
3: know
0: Australian cattle dog, cross border collie, cross dingo.
3: The dingo, yeah. She's like the most Aussie dog. <laughs> so, she <missed>. yeah.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise No, interface. I was just laughing. <laughs> yeah. pretty,
3: pretty much, if you went to the zoo and looked at the dingoes, Kiara looks exactly the same, but she's just a black. Like, blue cattle dog colors if you dipped her in like yellow paint she'd probably look like a dingo Yeah, that's so beautiful.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right where is your favorite spot to adventure with the two dogs
3: oh that's tricky i really really like Stratty because it's like the best beach place you can go for driving but you can also take the dogs that's that's probably up there mm-hmm. um otherwise like realistically anywhere they can be off lead because they're really well trained so that makes life a lot easier yeah, yeah,
2: that does. And we are pretty restricted here with doggers. so Stradi's a good call, actually, on yeah, Stradbrook Str- Island, if you're not little. Yeah, sorry. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Everything gets shortened here anyways. Yeah. Yep. All right, so there's a genie that shows up at your house. Could be the Aladdin genie, could be anything. He grants you three wishes. Yep. Cannot be bringing somebody back from the dead, making somebody fall in love with you, and asking for more wishes. Yep. What are your three wishes? Yeah, I prepared for this. Oh, Oh. did you? It's becoming a really popular question, so I'm glad you prepared. So, my
3: first one would be like teleportation.
0: Oh, dope. Yeah.
3: So, um, like, there's a movie like Jumper where he, like, and just, like, goes anywhere in the world as long as you can see a picture of it.
0: And Um, now, is that. Uh, same timeline? Can yeah, you so jump into future or uh, no, so past? No, it's the same timeline. Okay, so you okay. can't go
3: for further in the past or future mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, but yeah, because then it just makes adventuring super, super so easy. Cool. And you so can easy. jump with stuff too. Yeah, Um dumb. So you just take the car and not have to like go across oceans, um, <laughs> which would be wicked. And then like the other one would be like win a massive lottery so that I can like pay for all my friends to go on a mad trip. Um, and that sort of thing Help. As many people as I possibly can, and then probably treat for free, um, nice. just like help anyone that needs it. Yeah, um, and then oh man, the the last one it, it was pretty much just like have fun. I'm like just have a really fun life. I'm like if you could wish for that, um, I'd do it.
2: I love that. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: great ones. You've Perfect. obviously put thought into it because that yeah. was really quick. I'm very impressed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was just trying to uh, – yeah, like, it's hard because then there's, like, I think one of the other podcasts I listened to with you guys was, like, the guy was like, oh, do you uh, – for, like, no war and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which is very uh, – Topical. Uh, Topical at mm-hmm. the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, again, like – I don't know. If it's just for me, they'd be my top three. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Perfect. There's also the ripple effect. So if you're having fun and you're feeling good, then that gets out there. As yeah.
3: hundred percent. Yeah.
2: Love it. Good job, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you could time travel, would you rather revisit something from your past or see how something unveils in your future? Jeez, that one's deep, Kristen. I know, right? That's, that's <laughs> I found it online.
0: I'm like, that's
3: good. <laughs> Like I'll go full nerdy and be like, if I can go back in time watch Lord of the Rings for the first time. Um, that would that would be unreal. We'll just we'll just go with that so it's not super, super deep.
0: Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. I'm not unveiling all the secrets here. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um we always round off the quick fire questions um with a bit of a inch. um introspective maybe question mm-hmm. uh we talked about gratitude with sports psychologist luke a few episodes ago mm-hmm. um but it's very external so i think sometimes we lack out on that internal space for ourselves so dempsey give yourself a compliment
3: compliment mm-hmm. um i'm a very giving person which i think is a really good trait um sort of thing Absolutely. can be detrimental uh, my fiance says is that i give too much um to too many people and that sort of stuff but again i still think it's a good quality
2: yeah it's a beautiful trait yeah. Okay.
3: Nailed it, <laughs> nailed it. nailed <laughs> Nailed
0: All right. So we kind of gave you that outline. Again, a lot of people probably won't know who you are just as our listener base goes. So give us a bit of an origin story. Who is Dempsey?
3: Um, so I'm from Country Vic originally. Uh, grew up like down there. Dad was military. So we moved around a lot, that sort of stuff in the Air Force. But yeah, ended up settling in Country Victoria. Grew up down there playing football, that sort of stuff. Played rep footy um, and then hurt my knee. Could never get back to that sort of level. And went and seen every sort of therapist under the sun, as you do, at, like, rep-level sport. And um, the one I found gave me the most relief was a hands-on massage therapist that did wizardry with needles and all this sort of thing. And then um, I was sort of like, you know what, I'm not going to play AFL, but I could do this. So then I was like, well, how do I do this? Did some study, moved to Melbourne. Um, As a country boy, I'd barely been to the city. And then, um, yeah, I think it was for flights and to go watch the football. That was about it. So for the first year, that was a bit interesting.
0: Would you like to shout out your team? Uh, it's not relevant in Queensland, Co- but
3: Collingwood for sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I've still got all my teeth. Yes, I have tattoos. Um, I love the visual. Yeah. So yeah, full disclosure. Um, but yeah, so did all that, and then yeah, moved to Melbourne, did that, started working, like did some work experience with AFL clubs, that sort of stuff. Um, worked with other AFL clubs professionally since um private clinics that sort of jazz and then yeah after was that four years down in the city um i decided i was like yeah it's not really for me Came from country and moved up here so yeah love it here Coast to the home so i've had family here for like 26 years so i've been coming up since i was a little kid and then yeah finally took the plunge very very happy
0: what originally brought you to the Sunshine Coast? Was it uni?
3: Um, yeah, a bit of both. So it was, I was really over the traffic in Melbourne. Um, <laughs> and yeah, on a whim, applied for uni up here and got accepted. Oh, dear. So that, that was pretty cool. It was either here or Coffs um, Pretty happy with it. And then, um, yeah, sort of, yeah, moved up, got a job, started studying, and yeah, the rest is history, really.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah. And um, just after school, you, like, pretty much started straight into practice, didn't
1: you?
3: Yeah, yeah. So, with the first qualification, um, the really cool thing about, like, with myotherapy is that it's, like, a tiered system. So, you actually graduate as just a remedial massage therapist within the first 12 months. So, pretty much, you, you, you can be working straight away within 12 months, and then you're upskilling as you go, which is what I did the whole time. So... Yeah, pretty much working in practices and clinics and different sporting clubs for 10 years, just over 10 years now. So yeah, a little while, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs>
0: as you date yourself, Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> and you've got your fiance, Anna, who's here as well. How yeah. did you guys actually meet? I don't know if I even know the story. Um,
3: at a uni party. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, so <laughs> on, the, on the Sunshine Coast, but she's actually from Austria. She's from Vienna, so... She was over, um, moved over here, did a business degree and that sort of stuff over here with the intention to always stay. Um, we've been together oh, six years, just over six years now. <laughs> Make sure that's right. But um, yeah, so now cruising along. We got engaged last year at Fraser, actually. So that was that was pretty exciting last year. No real plans for weddings yet, but we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, Eventually. We're, we're, we're not in a hurry. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. I yeah. love
2: it. Well, you obviously love what you're doing work-wise because you even mentioned in your genie question about treating people for free. Yeah. Like, What does your work look like at the moment?
3: Um, so I was pretty lucky. So with the X phys degree, your final year is pretty much full-time prac, um, which makes it really, really hard for students, obviously, because you, you can't work. Um, so full-time prac. I, at the time, was working at osteo-multimodality clinic at the top of Budrum here on the coast. And um, I, yeah, had to resign there after four years, which, yeah, it was pretty hard. had to leave a lot of really good colleagues, really good clients. After that, um, within the first sort of three months, I had uh, like just people inundating messaging me being like, where are you? Where are you treating from? Um, And then I literally just started doing some stuff on the side from home around my prac. Um, and then that's now slowly built to what is today. I just work from home, work for myself, treat people from home. So it's, yeah, it's pretty la- relaxed. Um, get to hang out with my dogs all day. So yeah, it's pretty good.
0: <laughs> the work from home life. Sarah yeah. can obviously <laughs> relate to that too. Yeah, pretty good with the dogs. <laughs> pretty
3: good. <It's> pretty handy. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, and you, yeah, we mentioned that you've got uh, Joey and Kiara. Yeah. Just like give them a little shout out. <laughs> yeah,
3: they absolutely love it. Absolute pat fiends. Uh, yeah, they're good.
0: Joey's uh, pretty much like a... Maybe five to six kilos bigger than Moose, but basically just like a duplicate of it. It looks yep, like it's exactly more, the same dog. <laughs> yeah, lighter brown eyes <laughs> yeah. essentially. So he's a blue merle border collie. And did you actually get a DNA test? Like, how do you know that Kiara's? Nah, a bit so of so
3: it was it was real tricky. We haven't done the DNA test on her yet. But um, the people that we bought her off, the we met the parents and the the dad's like purebred blue cattle dog. So like just Australian through and through. And then uh, the mum, we're with good reports is, uh medium coated border collie red um cross with like dingo so she's like half half apparently so we'll we'll see yeah,
0: yeah there you cool. go yeah. <laughs> now you've got a bit of a sporting background yourself you kind of came from that afl background as well yep. and just getting injured it sounds like that's kind of been the driver for what you now do is that right yeah 100
3: yeah. percent. yeah um it's pretty cool seeing how much you can help people um from the hands-on side of things um i think the biggest thing, obviously, like you see physios and all of that uh, through the corrective exercise, but the, the really cool thing with myotherapy is like literally the right then and there change. So big difference between myo and massage is obviously with massage, they're getting into the trigger points and the knots. I'm um, trying to massage those out. That can be feels pretty invasive sometimes. Um, the other thing is you, you really only get sort of a little bit of relief from that can be very short term versus with myo. One of the biggest tools we've got is dry needling, which is, yeah another tool more in depth um, with the trigger points releases it off on a more in depth level and um, give you a longer lasting effect, but it changes it straight away, which is really, really cool.
1: Mm,
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had dry needling done? Yeah, I have. And I have like the biggest, um, was it like nervous system response? Like I just pour with sweat. Yeah. Like, straight su- away.
3: Super, super common. So yeah. Um, some, yeah. yeah, some people just like full beat up with sweat um, other people get like a, a nervous laugh, um, around it, that sort of thing. Other people shiver. Um, oh, yeah, wow. like a real, like really, really intense. It's not, it's not so much a tremor, but it's just a really intense shiver. Mm. Um, and it's like on that sort of, physiological level the body just trying to deal with all the stuff that you're releasing off into the bloodstream and that sort of thing so it's it's pretty cool totally (laughs) i don't love needles yeah they suck yeah Um, they suck but they work they work really really well
0: (laughs) and i also listened to an american podcast not that long ago again mostly around running but they were talking about how dry needling is not as common here so we use it as a tool very regularly like i had had dry needling done before i had gone to you for example like i didn't think it was that uncommon But it's this whole nother level, which doesn't make sense to me of why they're missing out on all of that extra benefit of it. I don't know.
3: I I don't know. Um, In a a lot of places, dry needling can be like this upskill tool. So a lot of physios can do it, all of that sort of thing. Um, In Australia, generally speaking, they'll do like an upskill course. So it might be a weekend, or a week however they want to do it Um, versus a Mayo. We do like literally like a whole year to a year and a half on how it works. Um, So a hell of a lot more bodies that we're working on, a hell of a lot more experience hands-on technician wise. Um, Yes, other therapists can use it. um, But yeah, in Australia, Mayo is still very, very, I said, you, in Melbourne, it's huge. Okay. Um, but especially up in Queensland, it's not very common at all. Yeah, um, but yeah, so no, it's it's a very, very good tool. Um, but we're a little bit behind, I would say.
0: Yeah, I reckon <laughs> as well.
2: And so I guess like in terms of our audience, we had a little bit of a chat before we came on air, so to speak. But um, I mean, you've obviously treated Kristen. Kristen is a very experienced trail runner, regardless of what you're going to do with your face right now. <laughs> yeah, there's an eye roll. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> She's an athlete. Um, what's your, like, customer base like? Because you think our audience may be really experienced athletes' adventures or they may never have really done this stuff and they're just getting into training. And I know there's a perception with some people like, oh, I'm not, like, good enough to have this treatment or I'm not at that, like, level yet. Like, what's your attitude around that? Oh,
3: I couldn't disagree with that, at, like, anymore. So <laughs> um, the way I see it, I've treated people literally from, like, olympic paralympic athletes that i still currently treat now um world champion pal- like just next-level athletes. Um, But then, like, the oldest lady I treat, she's, like, 83. Um, She's a lovely, lovely old lady. She plays golf three days a week. Um, She might only do, like, a couple of holes. But the thing is, she's still out doing what she wants to do. Um, And that's the biggest thing is keeping people on track, um, doing what they want to do. You use it or you lose it. So um, then I've got young athletes as well, young kids, um, dealing with, like, growth pains with muscles and that sort of thing. Um, That's got nothing to do with being an athlete. You can still utilize that. Um, Then I've got your tradies, desk work the whole shebang. So anything muscular um, pain, uh, that's our sort of bread and butter. So yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, anyone, anyone can use it. Um, the other thing I look at it in the sense of like, I'll treat you like an Olympic athlete. Um, like, you should do the same. Um, and that comes down to recovery um, and all that sort of stuff as well. Uh, looking at Kristen, yeah, um, yeah I <laughs> noticed that look. Like. Um, yeah, Kristen. So yeah, like, but that—that's the way I look at it. Like, you treat any every person like an elite athlete, whether they're eighty-three, whether they're a young kid, whether they are an elite athlete, um, they should all get the same level of care.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that recovery piece, like mm. really quickly. Yep. Recovery looks really different for a lot of different people. Yeah, it could definitely. Mean just you know. The biggest,
3: the biggest thing I would say is proportionate. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so you've got to think if you're out on the track X amount of hours a day, um, you got to look at that in, okay, cool, it's, a, it's this balancing act. So if you're asking more of the body, you've got to give it more recovery. It's the same as a car. Um, I'm very mechanically minded like we've just discussed. Um, you're not going to go out and do a trip around Australia without giving it a service. Um, you're going to make sure you're giving it that service, giving it that recovery that it needs to be able to give you the best performance. Um, and the thing is, even if you're not an elite athlete, you're still asking your body to do a lot. Let's say on average, you're just training, let's say CrossFit three days a week. Um, sort of thing, weekend warrior, so to speak. Um, But yet you're sitting at a desk 40 hours a week in a certain position. You're still utilizing all your muscles for that 40 hours. So there's fatigue and everything that sets in there. Plus then you're asking, let's say six to eight hours worth of training, plus whatever else you do, extracurricular activities. Um, That's a 50, 60 hour work week of strain on the body. And let's say you foam roller out your calves for like two hours. Man, this scale is getting pretty tipped. So it's a matter of sort of looking in that sense of all the cumulative effect over the week rather than just the workout or just the run. Um... Prime example, Kristen. Um, I you we, we, we as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we could use is uh, working with dogs, being on her feet all day, um, and then going out and doing a 100K run. Um, prime example. I love it because Kristen is
2: always the one who's like, the body can't differentiate stress.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, Kristen. I'm great at all the talk yeah. and none of the action. She Although does I'm listen. Getting, yeah, I, I, I am I, getting I much better, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the irony
2: is as well that people think, oh, pro, pro athletes. But a professional athlete is more likely to actually build in proper recovery and rest time and be on a program than your everyday person um, who's exactly. actually going straight from CrossFit to work and being on their feet all day and everything else.
3: And one of the biggest things I think uh, since I've done the X phys degree is coming up with uh, correct management strategies for that individual because every single person is different. Like you can't treat two people the same. Um, you've got to look at and go as a whole, okay, cool. What do you do day in, day out? every single week okay if we can reduce some of those little one percent contributing factors you think in six months time we've reduced ten percent that's that's huge um by the in two years time you've got no problems with your calves or anything like that and you haven't actually done anything you've just slightly modified little things that's a massive change
0: and i think that's what i've always appreciated about the way that you come from as well dempsey is you're not just treating the problem that's just in front of you because i have been to people like on Medicare, for example, right, when I actually had, like, it was diagnosed as, um, plantar fasciitis and so they gave me a list of people to go see I went and saw somebody because I got a couple of discounts and stuff but it was just a band-aid they were just looking at the problem that was right in front of me they didn't ask what I did how much time I spent on my feet they didn't give me any I'm like okay cool like now what what's next yeah because I was used to going to you I'm like oh everybody doesn't do that they can just sometimes fix the problem and move on so I think your big goal is like I don't actually want to treat you forever (laughs) no not at all (laughs) a complete opposite yeah it's a great mindset I think to have as well Get, get people
3: to the point where they can look after themselves, education is the key. If you can have more of an understanding of why you walked into my clinic, um, when you walk out, you're in a better position straight away. So yeah, education is everything.
0: Yeah. So how do people go about finding somebody like you if they're they're not on the Sunshine Coast? Yeah, so if you're not yeah. on the Sunny
3: Coast, um, like the first thing I'd be doing, if you want the hands-on aspect of it, so with the dry needling and that sort of thing, um, have a Google of myotherapy um, in your area. So that's M-Y-O therapy. Um, and like myo means muscle. So it makes sense. So you're a muscle, muscle therapist. Um, but yeah, have a Google of that in your local area. Um, there should be some people pop up.
0: Totally. Yeah. And then if people are going, ooh, I don't know, hundred bucks a session or something like that. Worth it. <laughs> how do they supplement was then maybe my next question. Yeah. there's a whole bunch of now tools out there as well. Yeah, we get, yeah, yeah. Data as runners, for example, yeah. and I'm sure you do in the bike community as well, of your Norma Tech boots and your foam rollers yep. and your, you know, therapy guns things. Like, how do we navigate all so, of
3: that? So, don't get me wrong. Um, in the end... I don't think those completely substitute actually coming in for a session. Um, I think they enhance the changes that you get. Uh, let's say, for example, I go through release of somebody's legs and I'll bring that brick wall down to a plaster wall. So it's a lot easier for you to then get into because um, nice sometimes, yeah, <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. you literally feel like they're running their head into a brick wall, yeah, um, which is really, really common, especially in like long, long distance athletes. Um, you're sort of pushing into that boundary. So, yeah, it, you sort of use those tools to supplement long term. Uh, push out how long you can go without having a session. Um, it's not so much that it completely replaces it, um, but the other thing is, well, you've got to think, like, you can give a paintbrush to a child, doesn't make it Picasso. Um, so you, you got to know how to use the tools correctly. Um, how many people that I see, and they're like, oh, yeah, I do foam rolling. I'm like, sweet, show me how. Um, and they're just rolling up and down and up and down their legs. I'm like, nah, that's, like, not how you're supposed to do it at all. You're supposed to find the spot, hold the spot, that sort of thing, Um, where, again, education comes down to it. You're going to get more out of that than if you're using the tool correctly.
2: I love that. That analogy with the walls, like that brick wall reminds me of when I've had ITB issues and, like, I can barely even lean on the foam roller and I definitely cannot handle that myself. Yeah. And that's where it's like, you have to get someone else yeah, in there. And then yeah. once it's released a little bit, yeah. it's like, okay, now I can tolerate yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, brick wall then down to a plaster wall and like a little bit of effort, then you can still get through a plaster wall. Like it's, yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome. Totally. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Any other kind of, um, I guess, recommendations, red flags, green flags of who to look out for? and you
3: know? uh, Not really. Like if, and, and again, the way I see it, like if you go to see a sports therapist so whether it be a physio my ex-phys whatever um you don't have to be a sports athlete to go and see those people um the reason that they are sport they've got a special interest that's fine but they can also help everyday people as well mm. so that would probably be the biggest thing um if you are looking for help with running um yeah you might be a plumber who's still clocking up 300 k's a week running um doesn't mean that you're not an elite athlete. You're doing 300Ks a week. Like, that's huge. Um, I like like that would be a lie. <laughs> I, I don't even think i drive my car that like, like, <laughs> um, much. There'd be people out there that would do it, yeah, like, for yeah, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. hectic. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, but yeah, so uh, you look at like all your marathon runners and that sort of stuff. Like, uh, I've got a couple of guys here on the coast that would do two or three 40K runs a week, um, which is just nuts. Crazy. And they, they just go out and do it. I'm like, but you guys aren't doing any what of the recovery work. Yeah, like what's yeah. the extra?
0: And so, what's your thoughts around strength training as well? Because yes. that's also a supplementary thing. Yeah,
3: so this is this is why I went back and did the X phys side of things. So it's yeah. uh, looking at that strength and conditioning, building up, and I, I use the idea of prehab over rehab. So prevent things from happening in the first place, um, which is huge. Like if you can stop that from actually becoming an issue, you won
2: but it's so boring. It's better getting injured and then having to do those silly exercises after.
3: You've got to be proactive rather than reactive. I promise you that.
0: I'm a little yeah. bit of both at the moment. Yeah.
3: And you'd be, believe it or not, you probably actually save money too uh, if you're being proactive. And
2: it's so totally, no fun being totally. injured, let's be honest. Yeah, I know, yeah.
0: I know. So strength training now is a really big conversation, again, I'm sure, around the bike community, definitely the run community. And what's becoming more of a thing is like, really strength training is strength training it's not doing these 12 reps of this middle ground right Right, we always talk about the gray zone in running that you you need to be there for a little bit but like that's not your time right you're much better off in the heavier the easier but when you're doing strength training like focus on your you know Three to five reps. hundred percent. Five times, yeah. right? So yeah. Talk yeah. About that.
3: Like a hundred percent. Like, and another really, really big thing is like, you got to look at like lengthening and strengthening, like muscles can be tight in two ways. You can have short and tight muscles or stretched and taut. They're both dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing is if a muscles really, really tight, well then you need to release that off. If your muscle is really, really taut, you're just going to be foam rolling or stretching that. Well, actually, you've got to strengthen those muscles to then bring them back. So being specific around what you're strengthening and stretching is really, really important rather than just doing your legs, so to speak. Um, you've got to know exactly which muscles you're sort of trying to hit, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: And so would you recommend seeing somebody for that as well? Nobody's ever picked up a weight before. Definitely. Like,
3: cool. Yeah. So screening wise. And, and again, um, you, you got to make a plan. you got to have an idea of what you're trying to have as a goal, where you're trying to get to. Um, if you don't have that, you're yeah, setting yourself up to fail. Uh, if you're just picking something up, you can actually cause more hassles.
2: Totally. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> so everybody trying to avoid see, seeing Dempsey. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> this is the goal. Of yes. yeah, that would be great. I would, I, would, I would love it if I could have. If you point. can be
0: put out of a job, yeah, yeah it'll yeah. it'll just never
3: happen. That's no, The think reality so, but of it. Hey, yeah. See how it goes.
0: <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Anything else that you would like? Give some tips or anything around for kind of our audience or anything like that.
3: Ultimately, like. E- recovery is the key like if you can try and find a balance and it's not so much that you've got to put in 40 minutes a day of recovery like if you can put in what we call incidental whether it be exercise or recovery work so let's say you work at a desk all day and you have really really bad desk posture it's like okay cool well every time you have a chance hey, i'm just exactly like right. I know. i'm, <laughs> just like, oh, I'm gonna, gonna wait up. a minute before i straighten <laughs> up and for everybody listening, so, so everybody listening. Are sitting hunched over the microphones.
0: I've got my legs crossed. Yeah. Like <laughs>
3: um, but the thing is, if, if we can like put that in incidentally, so let's say I would hope most people brush their teeth during the day um, at least once. Hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Uh, Here's it, your
0: reminder to brush your teeth. Yeah, yeah. So. Twice, please. Yeah,
3: twice. Um, but the thing is, if you can do like, some pec and bicep stretches while you're doing that, um, you're not losing time. Because the biggest complaint I get is, like, I'm time poor. And I literally go, okay, cool. Show me your day from the time you get up. I'm like, sweet. Well, there's a five minute window where you're doing nothing.
2: I love this. And I've been rereading Atomic Habits. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have read it, but they talk about habit stacking because it's like, oh, but I'm going to forget to do those stretches. It's like choose something that you do consistently every single day. If this thing has to be every single day, it's okay. I, every morning I brush my teeth. Stack it on top of that yeah. and you'll remember and yep. it will become a habit just yep. like brushing your teeth. So, yeah, that's cool. And I, I,
3: don't quote me on this, but I, I believe it's like six weeks to create a habit and then six months to keep it. Mm. Um, so you can put in the six weeks hard yards to try and create this thing. Um, if you just drop off, she's gone.
0: Yeah, 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 okay. So just finding little time in your day is probably going to be the best way, place to start. Yeah, Maybe 100%. reach out and see somebody in your area of an EP or Maya or something like that because they're probably also going to be the one to give you the hands-on, all right, here's what actually is really super tight because it could be something else, right? 100%. Sometimes I go into Dempsey, I'm like, he's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, I don't know, you're going to tell me. <laughs> like, what feels tight? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: like it's so here. Like, I always okay. choose the
2: wrong yeah. side. I'm yeah. like, this, yeah, is, this is giving me the issues. It's like, no, it's... Painter to act like balancing for yeah, the other side com- com- <laughs> yeah. compensating yeah. totally yeah.
3: totally
0: so a fresh set of eyes sometimes is really good and then they can probably help guide you yeah, into what, what's best and it, to
3: do even myself like i still go get tune-ups that sort of stuff like man i'm a little bit out but i can't quite work out what it is um having somebody else look at you uh helps so much it's like oh that makes so much sense how did i not see that um yeah having that fresh set of eyes really really does help
2: yeah love that Cool. Nice. <laughs> that is such an awesome conversation around what you do work-wise and super helpful for our listeners. In terms of outside of work, mm-hmm. do you want to tell us a little bit about like what you love to do adventure-wise. As we were driving here, there was conversation about a head gasket on a vehicle. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) it's a big part of life.
3: Yeah, so I I drive like a lot of old Land and that sort of stuff. One of them's just done a head gasket, so that was not ideal. Um, But that will be in getting fixed hopefully next week because it's a big enough job that I don't want to touch it. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so we're, myself and my fiance, Anna, we're planning to go up to like halfway up the Queensland coast, in mid-April, um, we're going to go up to Early, spend a couple of days in Early, and then go inland to, yeah, some somewhere, Finch, somewhere, like we've got a family friend that has property out there and it's got like waterfalls and trek trails and all that sort of stuff out there, so it be pretty cool, um, so we'll go up there, but that's a pretty big hike, so I need to make sure all the car and everything's are sorted for that. <laughs> and this also
0: isn't your first Land Rover that you've ever had? <laughs> no, no, it's
3: definitely not, so the, the one before this um, it was like an ex-military one that I literally like... Completely pulled apart, um, rebuilt it pretty much from the ground up. It was an absolute weapon, but it was very, very slow. Um, it was like an old six cylinder petrol engine, and it just oh, no it, turbo, it? No, nothing, absolutely <laughs> nothing. Foot the- to the foot to the floor is like zero to one hundred in like six minutes. Um, it was it was crazily slow. <laughs> and these were
2: all defenders, is that right? Uh,
3: or- yeah, pretty much. So yeah, Yep.
0: One was like in love
2: defenders. Yeah, you yeah. would just, do, hey. I don't yeah. see the British heritage. Yeah. yeah there you go. <laughs> like- What do you think of the new one?
3: Uh, So I've got a friend with one. So personally, if if I had the spare 120 grand laying around...
2: Yeah,
3: just like a casual house deposit. (laughs) Um, I would probably buy one of the new 110s because they are gorgeous cars. Um, For a touring car, they're very, very capable, that sort of thing. Um, However, with new cars comes a lot of problems. Um, Obviously first cabs off the rank there will be teething issues um but then as well like you've got all your computer chips everything like that so if you get water somewhere or something goes wrong and you're in the middle of nowhere it can be an issue um versus the one i've got now is all mechanical so there's literally like some wires for the lights and the ignition and that's it yeah
0: you sit so, in the car and you're like whoa yeah
3: <laughs> so you can pretty much bush mechanic almost anything. <laughs> um, if you're in the middle of nowhere, you take like your basic spare parts and you should be able to get to Civilization um, versus the new cars. Yeah, you sort of run that risk. But it just depends on what sort of driving and touring you're planning on doing. Um, and again, always make sure that you've got adequate spares, adequate knowledge, tools, etc.
0: And you've got a pretty cool group that you go with. Talk about those guys.
3: Yeah, so one of my buddies, he um, he started up this new thing. It's called like, British Mafia. Play on words, obviously. Um, but it's pretty much he is buying old Land Rovers, doing them up. Um, so them on, but it's also about having them and utilizing them. So, because a lot of people with classic cars put them in a garage and don't drive them, um, I don't particularly agree with that. They're built to be driven, um, so I go out and have as much fun and as much muddy fun as I possibly can in them. <laughs> um, sort of thing, some people would hate that, but hey, that's what they're there for. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty much just our group going out and just having fun in cars, and that's it.
0: Getting super muddy.
3: Yeah, super muddy going <laughs> to the beach. Like it's, yeah, it's really, really good fun. Is it so,
2: like yeah. camping trips that you're doing? Yeah, ca-
3: camping trips, full drive days, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's everyone hanging out, having a good time and, um, yeah, getting back to nature as well. So going out camping and, yeah, setting up for a couple of days sort of thing. Don't do anything. Nice fire, a couple of beers, that's been it.
0: Very bloody Queenslander, isn't Very it? Very much. <laughs> <laughs> what drew you to the um, Defenders?
3: Um, for one, they're just a cool-looking car. They are, um, they are so cool. <laughs> for, for one. Um, but they are also very, very simple. The other really cool thing about Defenders is that they're all aluminium panels, so nothing rusts. Yeah. So okay. living on the coast and driving on the beach, yeah, um, is pretty ideal. Uh, very yeah.
0: light, then being
3: yeah, very oh, very light. Yeah. Yep. Um, like the only steel per se in the car is the actual chassis. Yeah. Um, which again, notorious for rusting out, but that's like. Any that's car? life. Yeah, yeah that's, that's literally that's just a Corolla car. sitting yeah. on
0: the Sunshine Coast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
3: so yeah, if you stay on top of that, they're pretty much bulletproof, which is good.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I liked the um, the one that you had just before. Your new one's very cool. I'm not, yeah. like, ratting it by any means, but it was <laughs> a beautiful blue color that you, yeah, yeah yep. it was, like, literally known as the Smurf. <laughs> yeah, his yeah, name Smurf,
3: so it was, it was pretty cool. You couldn't miss it. It, it yeah. was
0: so good, yeah. yeah. And so, um, like, doing all this four-wheel driving and stuff, you've obviously got plans to kind of go up to mid-Queensland, but yep. you're also talking about doing it. Cape trip. Cape trip, yeah, definitely.
3: Um, We're planning to do that this year, but um, work commitments and that sort of stuff obviously don't allow it because realistically you'll want at least four weeks um, to sort of get there and back and actually see most of it. It's a long way to go to only be at the tip for two days and then drive all the way home. Mm. So, yeah, we've got to sort of try and find a window where that'll work. Um, But, yeah, we want to do Cape trip at some point. Um, We'd also love to get over WA. um, Whether At some point we'd take six months off and – trip across just with like a little van um, across yeah Queensland, Northern Territory, that sort of thing, and then do the whole West Coast. That would be absolutely unreal.
0: Yeah,
2: that's That
3: bucket list stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: How do you plan for a trip like that, like going up to, to the Cape? Uh,
3: speak to as many people that have done it already okay. um, <laughs> sort of thing because every single person will give you little bits of advice that other people won't think of. So there's that, um, planning out your route, making sure your vehicle's equipped enough, having all of that sort of stuff in order before just setting out. Um, don't get me wrong too, like with full drives and that sort of stuff, you don't need the bee's knees car to be able to do most of the stuff. So as long as you got the basics, you, you should be pretty fine.
0: Yeah, cool. It sounds like there's like a, quite a community around the four-wheel drive. Actually, you know about the four-wheel well, drive community. <laughs>
2: So I did this trip on my push bike in, um, outback Queensland yep. and I was...
3: Oh, lots of four-wheel drives out there. There are. Well, <laughs> I mean,
2: I didn't actually see very many people at all, yeah. but, um, there, it's not like a bike packing route and I was trying to work out road surfaces and stuff when I was mapping. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I found myself watching all this dash cam footage from these old dudes with their four-wheel drives. And yeah. I'm like, I had no idea this was a thing. And they also, as I commented at the time, they all had drones as well, yep. like this is a whole community I don't know about, but it was super helpful because I'm like, oh, what does the road look like? And is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> and
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. And everyone's super helpful as well. Like um, everybody just wants to get out and explore, which is great.
2: And so when you're going up to the Cape, will it try, Will you try to be as much off-road as possible? Is that the idea? Or... Uh,
3: yeah. So for us, like if I'm going to go up there, I want to do as much of the actual four driving as I can. So some of the tracks are pretty intense um, to the point where like people's cars get swallowed <laughs> um, by either mud or rivers and that sort of thing. So it's yeah, pretty intense. But the thing is too, nowadays you can literally drive up there on corrugated roads almost to the tip. So yeah. for most people, if you've got a car that isn't going to fall apart with corrugations, you can get up there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of people just go up for the, the, the scenic route, so to speak. Um, but for us, like we'll definitely be hitting as many of the tracks as we can and hopefully make it to the tip without breaking too many
2: things (laughs) and is this just like a self-taught thing off-roading or have you ever done any courses or anything Uh, I
3: haven't done any courses I've been in cars with a lot of friends that have had experience before me and sort of taking pointers and that sort of stuff Um, but a lot of the full driving that we do, um, obviously, being old Land Rovers, they're not super fast cars. Um, so they, they just crawl. So it's pretty safe most of the time, as long as you're not off camber on a hill and you're going to roll down a hill. That, <laughs> that can be pretty hairy. Um, but yeah, I've only seen that happen once. Um, so that, that was yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. But again, it's just keeping cool, having the people around you to sort of go, okay, cool, this is where you need to put, put your steering wheel this way, the car drops back down, and then you're good to go. Um it's when you start freaking out and that sort of stuff that's where the bad things happen
0: at um Gari. have you been through the rocks? what are they called the um
3: yeah uh, on gagari yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah, so nagala rocks yeah, so nagala- Rock, right. the rocks aren't actually too bad themselves it's the sand
0: it's the like very soft, soft like sun beaten sand that's that it's dusty and yeah, it's... there was a seventy like a single cab seventy series when we went. That just took, like, it probably went all the way up to his Yeah, ways. so yeah. We, when yeah, we, went through,
3: mm. we went through, we went through April last year when I proposed, and um, we went all the way up to the tip, so you got to go through Nagala Rocks to get to the tip of Fraser. And um, I walked the track first, and it was probably one of the biggest regrets of my entire trip. Um, <laughs> it was for, I don't know how long it is, It's maybe 800 metres for the whole, whole sand run, but you start at these rocks that you've got to go through water to get to the top. You sit there. As your car drips with water. Um, and then it's just knee deep, like literally knee deep soft sand from the get go that you've got to climb up a hill and then tr- go back down the other side. And um, halfway up the hill, just about every single person gets bogged. Yes. Like it is just intense and it's only a one way road. So the thing is, if somebody's coming the other way, then you got to stop. Like it's, yeah, it's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, when we were coming, awesome,
0: Sarah. Yes. heaps
3: <laughs> of fun, heaps of fun. Um, but beautiful country. Like it's just magical.
0: Did you guys get through pretty okay?
3: Yeah, we, we were fine. Yeah. But again, it's just a matter of speaking to people going, okay, cool. How's the track? If you're going to do a track that you've never done before, walk it. Um, <laughs> yes, my calves are extremely sore after walking the track. Um, but again, I'm very glad that I did it. Yeah. Um, because again, you don't know what corners are coming up, that sort of thing. So being prepared. Rather than just going at it blind, that's where accidents happen.
2: Are you not going to have crocodiles
0: to contend with when you head north, though? Um, (sighs) Oh, good.
2: Yeah, it
3: depends where you are. Um, Maybe not so much
0: in Queensland. Is it still a thing in Queensland? I thought it was bigger in WA, but... Mm. That's no, a lack you, of no you definitely Still would get have it. De- yeah, definitely Ooh. up there. Okay. Definitely. Okay.
3: Um. Yeah. yeah sort of. I think. Like. Is it from like Makai onwards? Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty crocky. Okay. Um. But again, you just got to sort of pick and choose where you where you're going to swim. Yeah. Um. <laughs> sort of thing. And and again, you can talk to locals, talk to people that are there, that sort of thing, and be smart. Like, if there's a sign that says there's crocodiles, I would not be going in the water.
2: Well, see, this came to mind because I have a friend who four wheel drives, and she was doing this with her partner. And there was, like, a big creek crossing. Yep. And so, like, typically she'd, like, wade into the creek to see how deep it was. Oh. And that's what she did. And as they crossed, they realized that there was actually a croc
3: sitting there. Nah. So, definitely not. Yeah. So, and again, this comes down to being prepared. So, for example, what I will be doing... prior to our trip up to the Cape, I will literally sit down and try and map out all the major river crossings that we've got to do. And I'll study videos. I'll look at all that sort of thing so that I know roughly um, where I've got to drive for each creek crossing. I'll, I could even take notes yeah. um, on a piece of paper so that we don't have to do that. Yeah. So again, just being prepared.
2: Yeah. Don't want to sacrifice
3: your partner. <laughs> no, nah, that's not ideal. That is not ideal. I don't know. I like the cut. now. Nah. <laughs>
0: Are you a YouTube guy? This is a different, like, little tangent of how to learn. Do you watch YouTube videos? Yeah, like your, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, we were you, talking about it yesterday, and Ricky and Phil both learned really visually. Yeah. Just uh, a whole different okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, so you you, YouTube's
3: videos. great. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of really good channels out there as well. Yeah. Um, there are some, like, the cowboys out there that just absolutely go bullet-a-gate. Um, <laughs> again, the pro- drones. Yeah, yeah, but they've probably spent 150K on top of already a very capable full drive so their car is literally bulletproof um mm. you probably drive at a volcano and the volcano will run um mm. but yeah that's the thing again you don't need the biggest and baddest car out there to do a lot of this stuff it's just being smart about where you're driving being prepared so yeah and
0: before getting into all the four-wheel drive stuff, you've actually, like, I looked through your Instagram, and you had, like, rebuilt some motorbikes, and then I think I met you when you had just, you were, like, maybe in the middle of fixing up your bug as well?
3: Yeah, yeah, I had an old Beetle, cool. so that, that that was pretty cool, it was, like, a supercharged Beetle, it was literally like a go-kart on wheels, it was insane, oh. um, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, a couple of motorbikes and that sort of thing as well. I sort of, I guess my zen time is just to sort of sit in the shed, um, chill out, the dogs are just sitting there, and I'm just in my own little world, it's nice. Sort of removes me from everything. Has it always
0: been something that you've liked doing?
3: Yeah, just hands-on. um, I think just keeps my mind mind busy um, sort of thing rather than sort of running away think about everything else
0: yeah well after yeah. you treat patients you're still using your hand that just feels like more work to me yeah nah it's
3: but clearly, different though yeah, yeah, clearly yeah clearly you completely, like completely it. different yeah <laughs> yeah that's cool
0: yeah. the beetle is really cool Sarah yeah. <laughs> I freaking
2: love beetles beetles combis like all the Vita. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Oh,
3: but again they rust so that's yeah oh. it's one of the biggest problems oh
2: true yeah
0: yeah okay <laughs>
3: rust is not
2: your friend yeah I had a 76 combi it had like a lot of fish oil being poured into yeah, it in. tons.
3: Yeah. yeah yeah a lot of what fish, fish oil, oil. Fish oil. Yeah. Like it's,
0: legit fish oil. Yeah, it's a thing. What is it? Why, why just I Just
3: stops rust. It, like, ah, yeah, okay. it stops water getting into the metal and all that sort of thing. It smells horrible. Yeah, as
2: I just fluid. said, yeah, yeah. it doesn't smell
0: good. Yeah, but. your uh, combi didn't make it up very many hills very quickly, did it either? Oh, yeah. I
2: know. When you talked about the acceleration of your other vehicle, I was like, yeah, if you saw a hill coming in that combi, it's like, okay, let's prepare and just put your foot down. Just and gun like, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gun it.
3: It's scary might sometimes. Get, might get to the top <laughs> yeah. in 40Ks an <laughs> hour.
0: Exactly. <laughs> with covid opening up do you guys have any other like kind of overseas adventures plan i know that you guys have done some travel as well um
3: not not as yet we would like to get back to europe obviously Anna being from over there um but no no concrete sort of plans yet um i think the next trip we would go over uh, i'd like to do so obviously we use vienna so Austria's vienna, home base yeah. which is pretty yeah. handy um but i think next trip we go we might do sort of france and um germany um whereas last time we went what did we do we did italy croatia and Austria last time.
2: Amazing. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. That's so cool. What yeah, sort of I mean, things I, do you do in those places? Sorry, Chris, no, um,
3: so obviously, like we'll sort of tick off main monuments and that sort of thing. Um, but realistically we just sort of like getting into the atmosphere of the place and that sort of stuff. So like probably one of my favorite places over there was like Florence. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, that beautiful. was yeah. Unreal. The coffee there was great. So was the ice cream. Um, so, but no, nah, just sort of walking around and yeah, just enjoying it um yeah it's pretty pretty special,
2: yeah, such a different vibe. Florence is one of my favorite cities, yeah, it's just so stunning,
0: yeah, hopefully everything opens up back soon and I, I feel like we're getting to that point. hey, like my parents are coming out um in April now That's super yeah, exciting. yeah That's so, so cool. hopefully borders are on their way to st- like being open and staying yeah. open yeah. as well, That'd yeah, yeah awesome. to do some adventuring and stuff, but we are so lucky to have Australia as such a great kickoff point, and you guys have obviously the vehicle yeah. too. Go see it in. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Are you going to keep this one for a little bit, do you think?
3: Yeah, so pretty much the, the plan with this one is I'll be keeping it as the, yeah, expedition truck, <laughs> um, so to speak, long term. And then uh, eventually, if we need to get like another little run around, we will. But at the moment, it's my daily because um, I work from home. I don't really have to, <laughs> <True>. <laughs> have to drive yeah. too far, so I just get to look cool doing it. I want to get the groceries and that.
0: Now, you've got this huge ute. What does Anna drive? <laughs>
3: uh, she's got, uh, yeah, so... She has this. I call it the Vespa. So it's, it's like a fake Vespa. Um, I think it costs us five hundred bucks. And how it's still going, I don't know. Um, it's like almost fluoro yellow, um, but it's lovely. Um, yeah. If, if I if I try to go up a hill on it, it I almost have to get off. Um, it's it's uh, not the fastest thing in the world, but it, it gets around and it's still going. So like
0: one ten cc or something. Well, not even.
3: I think it's like fifty. Yeah. Um, like it's like t- very similar to you had in
0: your VDM. yeah, yeah, it's a tiny, tiny,
3: tiny engine, but um, a hair
0: dryers that we call,
3: yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's still going, so I, I can't give it too can't much. can yeah, yeah, I can't give it too much help, so
0: that's pretty funny. But, um, I was just yeah. like thinking of you in the big ute and then Hannah, yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, no, I probably wouldn't even see her, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. So, but uh, we, uh, if it breaks down though, at least then I can put it in the back of the car. Yeah, true,
0: true. <laughs> it could sit in the back with the dogs yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah, always the bonus. That's it. You've had a bit of a, like, it was a funny ending to, not funny, it was a bit of a uh, weird ending to 2021. So going into 2022, you're feeling a lot more healthy. Yeah. Uh, we kind of talked about it before. You've had a, kind of your fair share of your own injuries and things, but this yep. is a whole different thing that you've been through. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
3: so this one, um, so towards, it was like start of December last year, I um, was feeling a little bit funny in my tummy for sort of like two weeks, thought it was a bit of a bug. And, um, then we sort of assessed it and was like, oh, maybe I'm lactose intolerant, stopped having dairy, felt better. Um, so we're like, cool, we've got this. And then we, um, yeah, went, went to the doctor and, uh, it turned out I got diagnosed with leukemia. Um, so that was, that was pretty full on, uh, good way to end sort of the year. I was very, very lucky. However, um, out of sort of every sort of cancer you can get, uh, they know, everything about two of them. And this is the one they know more about again. So, and I got it just in time before it became a very, very real problem. So yeah, very, very lucky. Um, Sort of, yeah, it was the Thursday I went to the doctor Friday. I was down at an emergency Um, was in there over the weekend. They started me on chemo that afternoon. Um, So yeah, it was pretty intense. Um, But the, the biggest thing after all of that is I'm like, man, if you're feeling just a little bit off, go get it checked. Um, cause you never know, like you really don't. Um, and even at the time when I went to the GP, uh, the following day, he said, he's like in my wildest dreams, this is not what I would have thought it would have been. Um, and the only reason that we knew it was because I got a blood test to check whether I was lactose intolerant. Oh, wow. that's the okay. only reason we found out. Um, if I had have left it, um, until like the following week, which was when I was planning to go in, um, that Anna pushed me to go the day before. Well done, Anna. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, sort of thing. Um, it would have been a very different story. So yeah, it was pretty. It's pretty intense. Um, so what is scary. it that
0: it actually? What's it named?
3: Yeah, so it's um, chronic chronic myeloid leukemia. So uh, with leukemia, obviously the really bad one is acute, which again makes no sense with chronic and acute. Hmm. But acute's the really bad one. You have got a life expectancy of almost five years uh, if you get diagnosed. Um, there's sort of four levels. So chronic is the best. Then you got accelerated, then you get blast, and then you get acute leukemia. Um, my levels were that of the second from the bottom. So I was at accelerated. Um, however, I wasn't experiencing any symptoms or anything yet, which the Crazy. doctors were absolutely amazed with. Um, and they're like, okay, cool. We need to yeah, smash this with the chemo tablets orally um, to try and get those levels back down. Because if we can, that's really good. If we can't, we're going to be having a very different conversation. So yeah, it was pretty intense. But now I'm just on a tablet every day almost for the rest of my life um to sort of inhibit that coming back um and yeah i can sort of get back into it but yeah probably the biggest thing um i've seen a drop off is like my fitness i've probably got like about 20 minutes worth of uh exercise capacity now which um being from like a mountain bike riding background and all that sort of thing um has been yeah very humbling i guess you could say Uh, i sit on the stationary bike now for about half an hour and i'm absolutely toast so yeah but i'll get back there
0: yeah so, what does your road like coming back look like? Yep. Coming from that,
3: so pretty much, um, I had to have like six weeks off work. Which for me, being a sole trader, um, I had to <laughs> cancel all my clients. That was that was pretty hard to do. Um, sort of, yeah, six weeks off doing that, and then just resting. I was sleeping for probably, I would say, between twelve and eighteen hours a day. Um, so it was it was pretty intense. But I was allowed back to work full-time as of last week. So that, that was that was pretty special. Nice. Um, pretty good milestone. And now it's just slowly well, try and build up that baseline fitness and everything like that again. So, yeah, but we'll get there. Yeah, well,
0: that's just gotta it. Just got to keep chipping away. Yeah. So um, are you looking for any goals or anything to do or just...
3: Uh, real, realistically, fit? like if, if I could just get back to almost the same baseline as what I was before I was sick, um, that would be unreal. Uh, whether that's unobtainable, um, we'll soon find out just got to keep pushing keep challenging see how we go yeah
0: Yeah, for you absolutely yeah where do
2: you normally mountain bike?
3: Ah, <laughs> par, 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 Parkies is pretty good. Yeah. Parkies, is, yeah, pretty par, good, parkies yeah. is pretty good. Um, but I haven't been up to Taunton yet. Still haven't been up there.
0: Oh, what?
2: Yeah,
3: still haven't been up there. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. You yeah. have to go right I know. To I keep being told.
2: Well, there, there's a little goal for you. You yeah. can get, when you're back on your bike, yeah. head up to Taunton for yeah, sure. That's,
3: that's a pretty good goal. I think that's a yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's actually a good one. Is yeah. it Milkmaid? Isn't that the one that goes all the way around?
2: Milkmaid's like a really fun descent, yep. And then yeah. Trailblazer is like the latest, which
0: is now not new anymore.
2: Like really cool. That's still new for me. Yeah, everything's new, isn't it?
0: That's awesome. So just bit by bit, they don't have any sort of, um, I guess. It sounds like, I might get back there. I might not get back there. Yeah, pretty much.
3: It's just sort of like, well, this is your new norm. You can push it as hard as you want. Um, Realistically, it'll just come down to fatigue levels. Yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing at the moment is like, I'll go to train in the gym and I'll probably have like 20 minutes of like energy. Um, It's not so much endurance, like I've still got puff to do it, um, but it's just like the energy. It's like, if you get up in the morning, you're like, man, I really can't be bothered going for a run this morning Yeah. and you just feel flat. I get to that point after about 20 minutes.
0: Yeah. So it's a
3: matter of trying to build up that energy Mm. level um, again, which it's getting there. It's getting better. um, But yeah, I think it's just going to be, yeah, slowly chip away at it. (laughs)
0: That's it. That's all it is. is It's just that consistency (laughs) and day by day. Yeah. Of coming back.
2: And you seem to have a very positive outlook on it as well, which is obviously super important from (sighs) a mental point of view.
3: Having treated a lot of people over the years, um, uh, there's one one thing I always remember is like when like you get hard knocks, there's always somebody worse off always. Um, you just got to sort of remember that take, take your blessings like with me getting sick, it could have been so so much worse um, and the difference of three days could have made that uh so i'm so thankful for that every single day um don't get me wrong sometimes you get a little bit down you're like oh well i can't can't do this can't do that but again you you just sort of got to look at it in the sense of okay cool we'll be happy for what you do still have um and what you can still use
0: totally. Actually, that's a really good point. Like you do so much physical stuff with people where you're always talking about bodies and all right, muscles, Maya, you are muscle therapy,
3: literally, but
0: you are always really optimistic. Like before all of this, you're just always a really happy, upbeat kind of guy. Do you do anything to practice that? Is that always just come natural for you? Or is Uh, that maybe given that you see so many people in this broad aspect of life? that that gives you that perspective.
3: I I think you have to be sort of positive as a healthcare practitioner. Um, if you're all doom and gloom and somebody comes in um, and they've rolled their ankle and they're like, Oh no, like, like oh no, yeah. <laughs> never gonna run again. Um, it's sort like when of the thing. kid
0: falls, right? You're like, Oh, that was a nasty fall, not like, Oh crap, that's- yeah, yeah,
3: you're like, What's gonna happen <laughs> exactly. now? Exactly. Um, so I think, I think, uh, as a healthcare practitioner, that sort of comes part and parcel with it. Um, again, though, like healthcare practice burn out because yeah. you're always giving so well, much energy doing, and yeah, that sort exactly. of thing, um, always. So that's a very, very common thing. Um, but yeah, I I think I've always sort of been pretty optimistic in that sense, which helps. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. Like there's days where I'm like, you know what? Really can't be bothered dealing with Kristen's crap today. <laughs> but no, uh, no, but in general, like, it's it's pretty good. And I'm lucky enough, again, like, I work for myself. So my client base is, yeah, people that I want to be seeing now um, versus when you work at the bigger clinics, you got to see whoever walks in the door. Um, so I guess I've sort of tailored the, the client base to people that suit me and that want to actually get treated by me. So that helps as well.
0: Totally. Yeah, well, I think that will definitely help with the road to recovery because it, it does get tough and crappy sometimes
2: oh for sure yeah
3: cool. yeah um you just gotta i guess yeah like i said look at the things that you can still be doing and yeah build on those
2: 100 such yeah. a huge life lesson and i'm stoked that you're back working as well that's
3: yeah. really good yeah. yeah pretty happy i was starting to go a little bit stir crazy <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. and didn't you get covid
3: yeah oh yeah that was that was the other thing so literally like it was literally the week before i was due to go back to work full time i was like yep just starting to feel like all up and up and about Um, and then, yeah, got COVID, uh, completely randomly tried to work out where from, um, still no idea. Um, but I miraculously was very, very, very lucky. Um, I literally just had a sore throat for like 48 hours ahead, um don't get me wrong it was probably the worst sore throat in the world um everybody talks about man flu this was next level
0: very real um, okay I, I feel like we can give you a little bit more credit for it this time yeah around. sort of yeah. thing um
3: but no it was yeah i was very very lucky like i've got a client at the moment um she's got it um and she's not doing real great but mm. hey yeah every single person's different yeah, so. Indeed. Yeah, so yeah so i was pretty lucky with that but yeah back to inverted commas there full, healthy now.
0: Yeah, good, <laughs> good. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're always conscious of people's time. You actually are treating somebody later on as well. There's always yeah. one more question to uh, be deep and meaningful to end the podcast that I'll throw over to Sarah.
2: <laughs> okay, so I used to coach a bunch of little girls mountain biking at mm-hmm. Sugar Bag. Have you ridden at Sugar Bag? Yes. Okay, cool. So you can picture the network. Yep. <laughs> anyway, they were just little girls and they wouldn't be able to make it through the hours session without needing to use the toilet. Okay. Being out on the train they would always say, can we go for a wild wee? <laughs> so the deeper meaningful question for you is tell us about your wildest wee.
3: Oh, it'd have to be from a trip. Um, oh, you
0: went straight to it. <laughs>
3: it'd have to be from a trip. Uh, either like, uh, Croatia. Oh yeah. Yep. Croatia. Um, we I can't even remember the name of the Island, but we did like a sailing sail Croatia boat trip seven days. It was absolutely incredible. Highly recommend it. A lot of money, but I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, we're on this tiny little island, and you can like mountain bike ride out around this lake um, from the harbour, and um, you literally get out from the lake that then goes into like this little estuary out to the ocean, and it's like two like cliff faces. And I was like, yeah, peeing off the end of that. So that that was that's probably up there. That was pretty special. <laughs>
0: bright blue waters i'm picturing yeah yeah it was <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely
3: <laughs> just magical straight into yeah, that that would have to be out there for sure i love that yeah. a
2: very beautiful international world we think. Yeah, yeah 100%, <laughs> yeah
3: I, I think that would definitely have to take the cake so good.
0: excellent excellent well thank you so much for your time to it's been really fun
3: no worries guys yeah thank, thank you very much for having me
2: it's been such a pleasure meeting you
0: thanks for listening to another episode of into the wee hours podcast to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram at Into the Wee Hours Podcast or email us at into the we hours podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, Sarah is all the gear nay idea, and that is N-A-E for all you non-Scots people, and Kristen is at Kristen Vaughton.
2: To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit into the wee forward slash podcast. And to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is
1: patreon.com forward slash into the we hours podcast. Happy adventuring and we will talk to you next time.